Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Instagram and TikTok, and you're tuned in. It's our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio from New York, I've got Joe Rivera. He is from With Joe Rivera. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me, John. Blessed to be here, man. Yeah, we are all blessed to be here. I've got one of the greatest jobs in the world. Uh, gives me, well, I got two of the greatest jobs in the world. It gives me an opportunity to do one of the coolest things I think I could ever do, which is podcasting. And I get a chance to meet people like you from all the way across the country uh, who otherwise I wouldn't be able to meet, talk to, find out things about. And so this is just overall a blessing for me as well. But we have to start out with our icebreaker question. We always start out with an icebreaker question here. And today's question is, what is your favorite seasoning? Man, when you're talking to somebody who's so my favorite seasoning. That's it. I mean, I, listen, man, I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican. I got to go with the sofrito from the from the home country, man. I got to go with it. Without that, the food doesn't taste as good. And I'm a foodie, man. Great question to break the ice. Yeah, I am very much a seasoning fan. So it, this is a hard one for me because like you, you know, I've got those staples in my um, my cooking you know, that I'm always going to use when I'm making something like garlic, salt, pepper. I love some good Cajun seasoning, you know, Creole seasoning, something like um, Tony's or, um, you know, any any of those, man, is something I love to throw on everything. But I, I would have to say one seasoning that I love probably the most out of all of that is garlic. Man, garlic is a staple. If you tell me that you're going to put salt and pepper on something, then garlic just has to go with it. For me, I love garlic. It's uh, on my hamburgers. I love it on everything that I cook. And it's much to my wife's dismay because she likes garlic. But when I say I'm adding garlic to it, I'm talking about I'm chunking a lot of garlic on there, whether it's ground up, fresh, whatever the case may be. I want to taste the garlic. I want it to get caught in my mustache and smell it later whenever I'm done eating my burger. Like that's how strong I like my garlic. Garlic is good, man. That fresh garlic is really good, man. I love it. Absolutely. But as much as I could talk about food all day, man, we're here to talk about Joe. So I ask the same question every single time that I start out an episode, and it's because it's in the name. And that is, what is your origin story? Well, for, listen, man, I, I went from Park Avenue to Park Bench, but that rock bottom life, that, that wasn't for me. That wasn't for Joe Rivera. So I had to scratch and claw my way back up to the top. So today I'm going to talk about the comeback game because in this world that we're living in, especially in these times, people are going to face adversity, whether it's building your business, taking it to the next level, unlocking your fullest potential in life, whatever it is, adversity is going to be there on the way. And you're going to have to create your own comeback game. You know, I was emotionally, financially, and spiritually bankrupt. I lost everything. I even almost lost my life. 
I had my dream job in the financial industry as a stockbroker. I was 25 years old, making seven figures a year, John. I thought I was on top of the world. I was putting in late nights at the office one evening, and someone approached me, and they said to me, hey, Joe, you think you're a top producer now? Take this little round pill, and you're going to produce even more. I was already smoking weed, drinking, or having some kind of mood-altering substance in my body every single day. So I said, why not? And that's when I got introduced to opiates. And that's when my battle with substance abuse took off to the next level. My life went dark and became completely unmanageable. I was risking my life every single day. I overdosed twice. The last time, it took six cans of Narcan to bring me back to life. Six fucking cans of Narcan. And that same night, I'm laying in the hospital bed. I wake up. I pull the EKG electrodes off my body leave the hospital against medical advice. And then when I get outside, I'm shivering, looking like a crackhead, like Pookie from New Jack City. And the first thing I do, I go call the dealer again to go get high. Wow. Talk about feeling powerless over drugs and alcohol. A week later, I attended an event with my sister. At that event, something clicked. I looked at my sister, she looked at me, and we both started crying. She knew exactly what I was going to say. And then those words came out. The words my family was waiting to hear for years. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm a shell of my true self. I was tired of writing my obituary. I wanted to begin creating my legacy. After that, I made the decision to achieve sobriety. Now, my, my story is not unique. Many people struggle with vices that create character defects. Mine was drugs and alcohol. Someone else might be gambling, sex, shopping, overeating, whatever that vice is. It interferes with us being our true self by having us isolate, not being fully present. It creates character defects. For some, life may become unmanageable. Some people lose motivation in their self-esteem. I'm telling you, you don't have to live like that. There's a better way to live life. I used to live an unmanageable life where I lacked direction, didn't finish things that I started. I couldn't get out of my own way. And today, I live an incredible life where I know the direction I'm going. I know what my goals are. And when I start something, I finish it. And I shatter those goals. But it's because I put a three-pillar system in place that has helped me create wealth financially, emotionally, and spiritually. And unfortunately... That whole opiate thing is something I can relate to. And I think it's something a lot of listeners can relate to because they don't call it an epidemic for nothing. Like this was something that has and still is, you know, just it's been sweeping our nation and causing so many problems for so many families out there. And it's one that it was a real personal battle for me, not because I chose to do opiates. I actually chose to be d drug free for uh, my life. It's just I knew that I was going to go into the first responder organizations. I knew I was going to be involved publicly with helping other people and that I would need to pass drug tests. But not only that, I think I was steered away from it because of how much I had to see it from being born with amphetamines in my system to watching my parents use and abuse drugs to watching other family members use and abuse drugs, overdose, ambulance coming to pick them up while we're kids 
crying in the front yard, watching the ambulance leave to take, you know, my mom or my aunt or somebody to the hospital because they've overdosed on opiates. And it's, it's just something that I know that person is not going to change until they are ready. What do you think it is that made you finally come to that decision? Because I know that, you know, it is, it, it is a disease. It is a sickness. It is a something that you are struggling with because like you said, it could almost kill you. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it does kill you. You overdosed and died and they kept you alive with Narcan. And then you come back and the very first thing you could think of is, man, I really feel like shit and I could use another hit. So how do you break that cycle in your own personal life? Not what you're teaching now. And if it does tie in, that's great. But what is it that really made you wake up and see that this wasn't the way you could continue? Man, I mean, it, it was literally being sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, I, I was just tired of living a shell of myself and and, and looking in the mirror every day and, and not liking what I saw, not being happy with, with the person that I was, not being spiritually connected, right? Because listen, man, I was born and raised Catholic, but along the way, I completely lost my way. I didn't even know what a relationship with God was. You know, I thought it was just saying an our father, Hail Mary, and asking for forgiveness when necessary. And and through my journey, now not only did I create wealth back financially, but emotionally and spiritually where today, my connection with my higher power, which I call God, someone else might call it the infinite intelligence, the universe, whatever you choose, but having that relationship in place and being able to be spiritually connected with today, God is my father, my brother, my mother, my best friend, my everything. That was the missing piece for me. And and, and being able to, to, to be tired of being spiritually bankrupt and, and not having, not walking around with no purpose. That's what was was my turning point of making me be realized like, oh, shit, man, something's got to change. I'm just tired of living like this. Yeah. So, I mean, you went from seven figure income to broke, jobless, homeless. What was it? I went from seven figure income to completely broke. I mean, my 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 house went into foreclosure. Um, I, I, I had zero dollars in the bank account. I owed people money. Uh, I mean, it was just gone everything i mean i i was a, literally a shell of myself so people will often say you know one of the objections that i hear is like i i have to have this right i have to continue to do these drugs like i don't want to but i have to and in my mind i can kind of understand that because it's like someone like you is a very good example of losing it all like for me personally losing a seven figure income man, that's an eye opener that I need to change something. And I feel like I would have the ability to change that even if it was a drug addiction, which I'm not an addict, I haven't been. So I can't really, you know, speak from evidence there. But then you lose the house, you lose the cars, you lose the lifestyle, you lose all of those things. I'm sure family relationships almost lose your life. And you're still wanting to choose drugs. So are you of the mindset that that is just something you can't change without some type of chemical help? Or do you believe and teach something where anyone can overcome it and conquer it? There's just a certain set of actions they need to take to be able to get to that place in their life. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't believe that you need a, a, a chemical to help you stop doing drugs. I, I believe uh, and and I lived it that it's 
all in the mind. I mean, the mind is the most powerful tool that we have been blessed with. And if if you learn to, to completely rewire your brain and change your mindset, you could do anything you want in life. You don't need no drugs. You don't need no alcohol. You don't need, uh, you know, when it comes to opiates, you don't need, uh, you know, Suboxone. You don't need, you know, methadone. And, and then you get hooked to something else. No, man, it's all up here. It's all in the mind. The same thing when you're when you when you're overweight and you're dealing with the food. Uh, you know, when your your addiction is food. You don't need a, a chemical to stop you from eating. It's all in the mind. You have to change your mindset. You have to change your routine. Go to the gym more. I mean, it's all the same thing. Which with whatever whatever that 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 substance that uh that vice is food, sex, gambling. It's all in the mind. All of it. And I'm not saying it, it, it's, it's oh, some of it's in the mind, the rest you need chemicals for. No, absolutely not. It's all in the mind. And if you have that mindset with, with a spiritual connection, I think, you know, you could accomplish anything you put your mind to. I am definitely a person that is able to tell you when there are things that I don't understand. I'm naturally curious. I like to ask questions and figure these things out. That's why I like to interview people like you. And so one of the vices that I've always had has been food. Food is a comfort thing for me. It makes me feel better. It used to make me feel better when I'm upset, when I'm down, um, when I'm tired, when I'm bored. All of those things were triggers of let me go grab something out of the pantry to snack on. Let me go grab something out of the fridge or the freezer, ice cream, cookies, all of these things. And I can't identify what it was this time because there's been times before I've done diets, I've lost weight. I've looked way better. I've improved my life, my overall health. But this time, two or three months ago, you know, I wouldn't be able to wear the shirt that I'm wearing today, which is a 2X, because I would be busting the seams on this thing. And I needed a 3X or even bigger to be comfortable. And now I do kind of, I see exactly what you're talking about with, it was just some type of mindset shift to where the things that brought me comfort, the things that I felt like I needed to eat, the amount that I felt like I needed to eat, even now when I'm like, I'm starving and I'm going to cheat on my diet a little bit today because I want to try this new place and I want to see what their food's like and it's not healthy food, but that's okay. Like I'm just going to cheat just a little bit, you know, for one meal and I get that meal and then I eat through about half of it. And all of a sudden a meal that I would have been able to tackle and then still get a milkshake or a cookie or something on top of it has made me overstuffed to the point that I'm like, oh my God, I can't even, I can't even think about eating another bite. I can't think about getting dessert. And I don't know what it was because somehow all of a sudden I'm fuller, faster. I feel better with what I'm eating. I'm making healthier choices and I'm seeing those health benefits everywhere else. So I can agree that it's in your mind. I just wish I could understand exactly what happens and what changes and makes that mind, mindset shift for you so easily and so quickly because it's not something like subconsciously I feel like I made the decision that I needed to do something to improve my health. And then now I look back when I'm discouraged and I see pictures of me two or three months ago and I'm like, man, I look totally different. And I'm like, how was I able to just fix myself like that? I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's like, I can't tell you why I can't give you the steps that I did to do it. So it's like, is that something that you kind of teach me how to emulate a process you went through and do that for myself in other areas? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you said you said you did it subconsciously, right? But you you went through a routine. You change your routine of eating. You change your habits. And once you make those changes, that's the beginning of the process, right? And then it's creating an action plan behind it and, and finding, you know, finding and walking in purpose is also a big part of it, right? Knowing that you're walking and living in purpose, being having that self-fulfillment in whatever it is you're going to do is the driving force. And, and you wanted to lose weight, right? You wanted to lose weight. You did whatever it took. You changed your routines. You changed your eating habits. And next thing you know, 90 days, you're looking back and you're going from a 3X to a 2X and you're like, oh, shit, what caused this? Well, guess what? It was the mindset shift that caused it. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, how do I how do I find that mindset and put that in play for everything else? Because it's it's so hard to kind of just nail down one thing. And I will say, you know, as far as what it is that you offer, man, I think it's so important to have what I always refer to as your accountability buddy. You know, you got to have accountability in your life and you got to have good people around you that are encouraging you to do the right things for yourself, regardless of what you want those friends to tell you. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, these people are going through a divorce and they have these friends around them that are just squawking about how terrible this person was and how, um, you know, in particular with this case, she needs to leave him. She needs to get rid of him and she needs to do all these things. And it's like, man, Y'all have kids together and y'all are grown adults that have a life together. You don't need friends around you that are just so quick to say, disrupt your entire life. You need friends around you who are there to evaluate what you're going through and give you good, solid advice. Even if that is, hey, maybe you need to step back and cool down for a second and think about the reasons that you're leaving him. You know, giving that advice that's kind of against what you would, I guess, some people would expect for your friend to tell you, right? We're so used to our friends being conditioned to tell us the things we want to hear. You know, don't lose weight, bro. Eat that freaking double quarter pounder with cheese and, you know, get that milkshake. Like you only live once, man. Enjoy your freaking life. Like you look fine, bro. You're married. You got kids. You don't need to impress these hoes out here. Like whatever your friends are going to say to hype you up. It's like, I don't want those friends. I want the friends who are going to tell me, even if they are fat, hey, fat ass, quit eating. Like you're going to keep eating that crap. Make yourself look bad when you want to lose weight. Why are you telling me you want to lose weight? Let's go to the gym. Man, I don't feel like it today. Okay, you don't feel like it today. How are you going to lose weight, fat ass? Let's go. Get up. Get in the gym. Like, I want that rough and tough friendship where they're going to tell me the things I don't want to hear, and they're going to encourage me to do the things I don't want to do because they're going to better me. Iron sharpens iron. That's what we say, right? Iron sharpens iron. I don't want soft-ass friends that are going to tell me, hey, you're good. Everything you're doing right now, don't worry about it. I want them to, to haze me because what they're willing to say in front of my face, someone else is going to say behind my back. And then turn around and smile to me and say, eat what you want to eat, bro. So I think what you do is important because you're kind of that accountability buddy, right? Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it on the button. Accountability is crucial. You don't want a yes man in your life or around you as your whole circle. People are going to say yes to you about everything and tell you, yeah, do this. Don't worry about it. Fuck that. You know, you look great, all that bullshit. And then the next thing you know, you're back to 300 pounds and you're looking like a fat slob where you don't want to be. Right. So, you know, accountability is crucial when you have someone that could push you out of your comfort zone and, 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 and call you out on your shit and won't allow you to slack. That's crucial. And yeah, that's where I come in as a coach. And let me tell you, another thing you nailed it on is you are who you surround yourself with, man. Having a support group is absolutely vital. 
When I achieved sobriety, I had to build a support network. I went to places where I could find other people who were sober and connected with them and found out what steps they took to get sober and stay sober. When I built my business back to a multi-million dollar business, I started networking with other people in my industry who were multi-millionaires and connecting with them and found out what steps they took to build their business to a multi-million dollar business. I also had to go out in both networks and find out what those people's struggles were so I could learn from their struggles and their mistakes. You know, so when you surround yourself with like-minded individuals, you're going to get the results that you're looking for. When you surround yourself with people who inspire you, guess what? You're going to be inspired to do more with your life. When you surround yourself with a bunch of losers and, 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 and are doing things that you don't want to do, guess what? You're going to end up doing those things you don't want to do. If you go to a barbershop for five weeks in a row, eventually you're going to get a haircut. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's human nature. It's how it works. You want to surround yourself with winners. And, you know, I, listen, if I, didn't, if I didn't go out there and hire myself a coach, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, my grandmother used to tell me, if you hang around trash long enough, you're going to start to stink. <laughs> and I think that's probably what really got me. It got it through my head of you've got to surround your, yourself with people that are going to make you better and hold you accountable. And that was something that obviously I learned when I was going to the church, too, as a, a youth group participant was the same thing. You know, that that iron sharpens iron mentality has always stuck with me. And it's easy in my full-time job because we do have a lot of people there that just want you to be better. And we do push each other quite often to do better. But I, I think that people lose track of that when they are going through something, especially like substance abuse, because those junkies, they're there every single day. They say for you, they're there with you for themselves, but they're there every single day. They're the ones that are in your face. You know, I think it, it's kind of like the whole gang mentality when a young man grows up without a father and then he steps out and that gang says, nah, bro, we're here for you. We're going to be your father, right? We're going to be your father figures, your brothers, your ride or die. We're here for you. And it's like, no, they're there to use and abuse you. But it's under the guise of I'm giving you something you wouldn't have otherwise. And we feel comfort in that. And we say, you know what? These are the people that I need because at least they're here every single day. Whereas you have someone like me that you may be going through a substance abuse problem and I'm not going to surround myself with that, but I'm going to be there for you still as a friend. And I'm going to give you good, solid, sound advice. But because I'm not in there enabling you, you feel like those other people are doing better for you. And I, I've seen that play out several times. And it's still something I still catch up with old friends from high school to this day that tell me, yeah, man, I'm just I'm in the same same cycle, you know, doing the same shit like I don't want to be here but I'm getting all caught up back in the same drugs that I've always been into since high school. And, you know, here I am. And I'm like, dude, crawl out of it. I'm here for you. I'll talk to you. And I love you like a brother, but I'm not going to surround myself with those type of people anymore. And I think it's hard to kind of break that habit, but people like you that come in and give this story are so important because we hear about all of those things you went through and, and we can see that, Hey, it's not just, you know, John who started off the conversation telling you that I haven't done drugs. I haven't been into that cycle myself. This is someone who went from everything to nothing. And then I just kind of want to hear some more of your story of back to building it back to a seven figure business again. Like where did you kind of start at as soon as you came out of that habit? And then what steps did you take to kind of get yourself back on track? 
Yes, so uh, first and foremost, uh, the, the most important piece for me, again, was was spirituality and, and building that relationship, right? When people think spirituality, a lot of people think religion, and it's completely the opposite. It's not about religion, right? Religion and spirituality are two completely different worlds. Uh, yeah, I call my higher power God. Again, someone else might call it infinite intelligence, universe, uh, you know, but the bottom line is realizing that there's something greater than myself that brought me back to to to, to sanity and, and gave me an opportunity to be able to go out there and 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 live life again and have this do over, right? Because every day that I wake up, John, I'm defying the odds and being aware of that and realizing that oh shit, man, I, you know, I'm technically not supposed to be here, so. Uh, you know, and, and realizing that I'm not a victim of my sick circumstances and conditions, that I didn't have to make it be like, oh, you're going to be just like any other drug addict. You're going to go right back to where you were. You're going to go right back to using. Eventually, you're going to use again. You're going to overdose and you're probably going to die. I could have gone in it with that mentality and then gone out back again, used again, lost my life and not been here rather than being able to do it, with, do what I'm doing now for the people who weren't able to be able to say that they're still able to be here because every day somebody's dying, man. Every day that, you know, drug abuse is taking somebody's life. And I refuse to be a statistic. I wanted to be able to create my legacy. And being able to, to have that spirituality in place was number the number one piece for me. And then being able to go out there and, and build my three pillar system, you know, which which I built through perseverance, growth, and you know, spirituality, but not religion. Walking and living in my purpose, and, and knowing what that was going to be, you know, um, I, I got back into the financial industry. I built a, a pre IPO marketing company uh, from from scratch, and and turned it into a seven figure business. Uh, and, you know, throughout that time, you know, my higher power, which I call God, kept nudging at me and pulling at me and telling me, you know, for years that my journey wasn't complete and that I had a bigger purpose in life. And that's when I decided to build my Reforge Academy program. And wow, as you know, I mean, God's always on point for me. But I mean, was he so on point because there's no drug, no alcohol will ever give me that euphoric feeling that I get when I'm able to empower someone to transform their life. And, and it's all, you know, I, I toss it up all to a, to a reliable and repeatable system that I built and and that I use throughout these years to, to be able to get me to where I am today. Some people may say in their mind, hey, I'm not ready to bite the bullet and pay for a coach or a mentor or, you know, a speaker at my next event or anything that you have to offer. But I know that obviously we could probably Go online, check out your website, find some great resources, follow you on social media, that kind of stuff. So if you would just plug where I can come tune into what you are telling us and what you're releasing to the public without having to necessarily buy from you yet, but maybe just kind of feel it out and see if I like your message even beyond the show today. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram at with Joe Rivera. Uh, my website is with JoeRivera.com. And you could also go to reforgeacademy.com and it tells you a little bit more. You'll get some more detail about the program, who it's for, who it's not for. And listen, there's a complimentary call on there right now, being that you're, you're, you're with the Small Business Origins 
uh, podcast today. Uh, I'm putting out a, a, a complimentary session to get to know a little bit more about you, let you know a little bit more about me and, and the program and see if there's a fit. If there's a fit, we can discuss the next steps going forward. If not, we part ways, no harm, no foul. And also, if you text six four six, if you text Reforge R E F O R G E to six four six four nine five nine eight six seven, I'll also give you away a, a free six ways to get shit done and stop procrastinating gift uh, that that I have set up for you guys. So what is it that you do offer for those who are considering looking into your services? I know we talked about coaching. We talked about this Reforge program. Is there anything else that I can purchase from you as a client? Yeah, I mean, so I have one-on-one for VIP clients. I have group coaching through a through a Dream Builder program that I have set up. That's, that's going to be a group 12-week session. Uh, the one-on-one would be 12 weeks as well. Uh, I also, I'm, I'm in the process of unrolling uh, another program that's going to be six months. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, but there's there's definitely ways for us to connect and, and, and really take your life and your business to the next level. I like what you said about there are certain people that the Reforge program is not for and that you do this for our listeners, a complimentary session where you can kind of just come in, get to know each other and see if you're a good fit for each other. That's important to me because not everyone is made for everyone as a client. So what is your criteria for people you're not looking for to take this class or to be a part of your ecosystem? Someone who's someone who's not uh, open minded, someone who who's who's doesn't want to believe in some type of higher power, doesn't have to be called God, it's not religion, but you have to be open-minded to, to at least having that connection and believing that there's something there greater than yourself. Uh, someone who is not willing to invest in me, because you're not investing in me, you're not investing into my program, you're really investing into yourself. So someone who's not willing to invest in themselves, the program's not going to be for them. It's never going to work. And, and someone who's who's looking, someone who's not looking to to take their life to the next level, someone who's who's okay with the status quo. The program's not going to be for you because I'm going to take you to the next level. If you're not ready to go to the next level, there's no reason to sign up. This is about taking your life up a notch. It's about really going and elevating your life, your business, and re- being able to to achieve self-fulfillment and reforge your life while creating your dream life. Is this something that you offer in person as well, or is it just remote? Oh, no, I'll do in person as well, of course. Uh, I have clients in New York, of course. I mean, and I have clients that I actually have seen while I was on the road. If they want to see me and we'll do, you know, a couple of sessions one-on-one that way, I have no problem doing in person. I'm a big believer in in this whole in-person world we have, man. I think the energy takes it to a whole nother level when you're in person rather than just, uh, you know, through technology. I mean, don't get me wrong, the technology is a beautiful thing. It's opened up the way for so much more business to get done and people to connect from all over the world. But I mean, there's something about that face-to-face energy that's just next level. I tell people all the time, they're like, hey, uh, so can we do this over Zoom or something? And I'm like, well, I have a virtual studio, but aren't you located like five miles away from us? <laughs> yeah. We want you to come in the office because I've got a nice studio built. 
I've got nice microphones at both of our seats. I've got, you know, quality things that I don't have whenever I'm sitting at my office desk or here in my home office like I am today. Uh, you know, it's a little nicer to be able to just meet in person. And like you said, feed off of each other's energy and be able to actually just shake someone's hand, give somebody a hug, like truly connect in a human form that you can't do even with this great technology where we can see each other, hear each other, all that stuff. It's still just something about being in person. And I'm with you. That's probably a hesitation I've had for a lot of online stuff is it's just like, I don't know, it's easier to, I think, to to bail on somebody online and not take it serious. And mm-hmm. it just gives you that easier out to say, well, you know what, I'm not going to make that that group coaching experience or I already paid. So he's going to record it and send it to me later. And I'll just I'll just watch it later or something like that. It's like, no, when I tell you, hey, Joe, I'm coming and I'm going to be there. And then you're texting me 15, 20 minutes early saying, hey, I haven't seen you yet. Where are you at? I'm not backing out of that because I feel more obligated at that point. Yeah. So I'm with you, man. I, I love the in-person stuff. Absolutely, man. It's it's definitely uh, it's a different type of energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, I think we got a lot of really good information from you today. And, you know, I, I can't appreciate and thank you enough for being on this show and sharing all these deep, dark details. I mean, these are things that some people still to this day, even if they have overcome it and bounced back, would still struggle to be that open and honest and come out and tell you the things that they've gone through. Because for some people, it's embarrassing. For others, we wear it as a badge of honor to say, I've come from that and made it to where I'm at now. And I want you to know about it. But I understand that's still a very personal thing to open up and share. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm going to tell you something about what you just said. And I I say thank you to substance abuse. Thank you for making me the person that I am today. Thank because without substance abuse, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't know what it's like to overcome adversity. So thank you for substance abuse. Thank you for giving me the life of my dreams and being able to connect me with with spiritually that, that I where I've never probably would have been connected the way I am now if it wasn't for substance abuse. So, I mean, your past doesn't define you. It doesn't make you who you are. As long as you're able to utilize it, flip it upside down on its head and use it towards your advantage. I mean, sky's the limit, man. And you're not a victim of your circumstances and conditions. You can break those chains. You can break the 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 the, the chain that's in the in the family that you, you say, oh, well, there's substance abuse here. I mean, John, you did it. I did it. And and it's not something that's impossible, man. There's so many good quotes out there about the circumstances surrounding you and how it's it's not that you're a victim of that circumstance. It's how you choose to deal with that circumstance. You know, it's the old cliche, make uh, lemonade out of lemons and, you know, all these things when life hands you lemons, make lemonade, whatever the case may be. And it's like, hey, I've been handed shit for a lot of time periods in my life. And I think that I have come out better on the other end because of it. So I share that with you where it's, it's something I actually taught in a license to carry class that I used to teach here in Texas for people to get certified to carry a handgun. And that was the exact lesson. I would ask everyone in the room, you know, if you got into a car accident today and totaled out your car, is that a positive or a negative event? And most people would respond and say, well, that's going to be negative. And it's like kind of a trick question there. The correct answer is it's neutral. It's neither positive nor negative because the circumstances can add up to be so many different things. It's all about what you make out of it. Because at the time when I was driving a beat up old piece of crap car that still had 
full coverage insurance on it and I was going to get me a new vehicle, you know, I would argue to them, hey, I may be totally happy that you're totaling this piece of crap out because now I don't have to drive it anymore. If I'm okay and I'm just getting a new vehicle out of it, that's a pretty positive event for me. I'm good with it. You know, whereas you may look at that and say, well, this is my only form of transportation. I can't afford to get something else. And it's like, hey, you've got to take every single one of those circumstances and know that what you can do to make the best out of the situation that's occurring makes that positive or negative. If you want it to be negative, it's going to be negative. You're going to find those negatives and you're going to latch onto them because that's what we do as humans. And you're going to focus on them versus changing your mindset to say, you know what? Let's look at the positive. And I was I was a victim of that. My wife had a car that was too small. We were trading it in and I got in a wreck, totaled that car. And it was to her the absolute worst thing that could ever happen. I wasn't happy about it either. I mean, you know, it was we had it listed to trade in like someone was going to let us trade it in and get a new car. Like everything was set in stone, ready to go in two days. It wasn't a great situation. And I was like, look, let's just wait for the insurance company. Let's see what the insurance company says. Let's calm down. Like, I understand you're upset. I get it. But let's just see where this takes us before we choose to be mad. And it wound up with us getting $1,000 more from the insurance company than we were going to get on a trade-in. And we still got the same ride we were about to buy, which is the Ford Expedition just sitting out there right now. So I'm like, silver lining, everything worked out in the end. I wasn't injured. I didn't have my wife or kids with me, so they weren't injured. The vehicle was totaled, but that's okay. Because in the end, insurance paid out more than they were going to give us for our trade-in. And then we wound up still getting the same exact vehicle. So it's like I could have reacted negatively. You know, she could have gotten mad enough that she says things she doesn't mean. It could have escalated into a bigger argument than it did. It could have turned into anything you want it to, divorce, a reason to go drink, a reason to go do drugs, a reason to go cheat, a reason to do whatever you want. But instead, we both got over the initial shock, let it work out, and in the end, it came out to be better. And that's just choosing which path you want to go down. Power of choice, such a blessing that we're blessed with, right? It really is. It's amazing. And, And how that perspective, right, depending on how you look at a situation, could just change the game for you, right? Because like you said, you could have looked at that any other way and it could have just turned into a disaster, man, because our thoughts become feelings, then those become actions, thoughts become things, man. And it's 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 that it's that real. A hundred percent. Joe, it's been a great conversation, man. Thank you again for being a part. I'm thank you for thank you for having me, man. All day. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. As I tell you every single week, we couldn't do this thing without you, and you're what makes this thing continue to tick. So thanks for coming on, listening to Joe and his story. Please check out the show notes where we're going to have all of those links and special deals that he offered right there for you to take advantage of. Super easy. All you have to do is click those links that are in your show notes or head over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com. Dot com, And we're going to have all of the episode show notes listed there, as well as Joe's guest profile right underneath that episode. But as always, it's been another week for us, another great guest and another awesome business. But that's it. We'll see you on the next one. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.